0: Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Erickson, joined as always by PFF's own Dwayne McFarlane. There is no Ian Harditz today, guys. Don't worry. He's celebrating Chicago. He has not been put on the COVID-19 list, like probably the majority of your fantasy team, because that's where we're at, Dwayne. Everyone is on the COVID list, and we've got ourselves a a long show ahead of us. So, hey, crack open a cold one and join us, because it's going to be a long one, Dwayne.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even get my cold one ready, but (laughs) Hey, I'm here. I'm ready as ready as I'm ever going to be Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't remember in in all seriousness, I don't remember a week where I've ever had to adjust ranks so much. Like, in fact, like we were just talking before we hopped on and like around lunchtime today, I just stopped and I'm like, I'm just going to do it all at like five or six, once we have everything in, because there's so much news like coming right now. But I think that's just, Kind of a reminder, like how fluid folks are going to need to be with this information, because now with these other games getting moved back, which I know we'll talk about in a minute, like there could be players that are not available today that now will be available on Monday. And then there's going to be players that you thought would be available for Tuesday that are now going to test positive because they're not playing Saturday like that's going to happen so i think everybody number one uh, i think you just gave the best advice so like whatever your way is that you like to chill folks like figure that out <laughs> uh you know maybe you're just naturally just in a zen state and if you are that's great because i think that's going to be a valuable uh, attribute attribute to have this weekend
0: yes the uh <laughs> the tilt <laughs> is on as we, as we like to say here it's it's gonna be an interesting couple of days because we got football saturday Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So, so that's the big th- the big news kind of from today is that we've had three games move. On basically, the teams that have had the COVID outbreaks for the most part, so the Browns, the football team, and the Rams have all had their games move. So, the Raiders are supposed to play tomorrow on Saturday, and their their game has now been moved to Monday night. Uh, against the Browns, so Raiders and Browns are playing on Monday night, and then you have Washington playing the Eagles on Tuesday night, along with the Rams and the Seahawks also playing on Tuesday night at seven, so we only have one game, so the Patriots and Colts will play on Saturday night, that will be the only game on Saturday, so I mean, that game has been okay in terms of like COVID, there hasn't really been any updates, the biggest update from that game, and I guess I'll just talk about it because we're talking about that game, is uh, Damian Harris, Damian Harris has been ruled out of that game with a hamstring injury. That sets Ramondre Stevenson up very, very well, I think. Um, I mean, I, I can't find a lot of running backs that I don't want to play, or that I do want to play Ramondre Stevenson over. I mean, we saw him in this bell Belcal role before against the Browns earlier this season, and he was a top five running back. He, they used him in the passing game. Dwayne, like, I feel pretty good about Stevenson, especially because he does play on Saturday, and it's just like, okay, like, let him play, and then I, I feel safe because I know that he isn't going to get COVID.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a definite advantage. Like, so right now it's like, I've got him right next to like Antonio Jones, Cordell Patterson, uh, sorry, Antonio Jones, Antonio Gibson, Aaron <laughs> Jones. So I took Antonio and Aaron and I put them together. That's what, that's what this Friday is about. Um, you know, I've, I've got James Conner there, which I'm probably going to move down even though he's going to play, but I've got Saquon there. So I like him above all those. Like, I don't know, like I haven't pushed him up like ahead of, Any of the big names yet? Like I haven't pushed him ahead of Mixon or Montgomery or even Leonard Fournette. But like, if you think of him as a low-end RB one, and then you factor in the fact, you know, the the idea that he gets to play early, like, yeah, I mean, he's gonna, you know, he should be starting, you know, on most fantasy teams. Where do you have him right now?
0: So I moved him up to thirteen. Like I I, like feel good. Okay, so that's
1: about where I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the same range as Connor. Uh, sorry, is Gibson Jones? Uh, and That's above Barkley. It's above Gaskin. It's above Z. Above James Robinson. I, I just so. like don't
0: like have any question marks. Like I, I feel really confident about him as a play. I know the Colts' defense is pretty good against the run, but he's going to get the the volume. You know, he should, and he's been he's looked good all year. So I really don't think that it's super complicated with Stevenson. Especially, I think someone asked me on Twitter. I was like um a Seahawks running back, or uh, one of these Rams running backs or or Stevenson I'm like just play Stevenson like I don't know like (laughs) like which of the Rams running backs is gonna like start I don't know who's gonna be there like waiting all the way from Tuesday when I have the chance to play a potential bell cow running back on Saturday night I'm just gonna be like I feel like you're going to be more frustrated than not if you don't play Ramondre Stevenson
1: yeah, like and I'm fine with people like if you want to put him in over Antonio Gibson, like why not? Like all of Washington has the virus right now. And so while <laughs> while while many of those players could get cleared to play now that the game's been moved back, like we could see Gibson get deact- you know, catch it and be deactivated, you know. Yeah. So I I'm with you. I think that that alone is enough to push him up like probably get him into the top 12 to be honest sitting here looking at it. So like I'm going to name these back real quick and name like which ones you would hesitate starting Stevenson over Um, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones. I'd
0: I'd play Stevenson. just
1: stop me if you hear one James Conner, Saquon Barkley Miles Gaskin, Ezekiel Elliott but then like if you go up the other way like I'm probably still playing Cordero Patterson over him Josh Jacobs I'm probably playing over him but I wouldn't care if someone did play Stevenson because now Jacobs this is what's going to happen you know this is going to happen to the Raiders like they're all good locked in ready to roll and by the time this game gets delayed and it gets to them like some of their players are going to be hit with the virus so even on that like I may move I may basically move Stevenson. And up against above everyone that i know plays late you know plays those late games
0: yeah i think that the main takeaway here is like figure out how to play put stevenson in your running back slot figure everything else out later like i really think that you're going to be happy with what he does i mean he's in a good spot like i don't think you should get away from him and maybe what these other running backs does outscore him but i don't think you're going to be disappointed with if you play stevenson Regardless, and I think just knowing more information, you know, having okay, if he busts, all right, now I know that I need to wait for a Tyler Lockett. I need to wait for one of these Tuesday night guys because I need the upside. I think that's a good approach. So that's kind of it with the Patriots and Colts. Let's just talk. Let's go through. So the yeah, other,
1: we just spent cause... ten minutes on one player, and we have four thousand to cover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so Browns Raiders. I know so Raiders. we yeah. we thought that Nick Mullins was going to start um, because Mayfield was on the COVID list. Case Keenum was on the COVID list now that game has been now moved obviously to monday night the browns i think for the most part it's you're we're starting pretty much nick chubb pretty much no matter what now it, it looks like he'll probably be and on. i'm
1: not and i'm not bothering waiting on anyone else like nick chubb is the only player from that whole thing that i would be willing to wait on
0: yeah yeah i think that that's safe and i think that this <laughs> works you were going to play chubb pretty much no matter what and now there's a chance he gets back some of his offensive linemen which i think is huge he's going to be missing yeah. Um, it's, it's,
1: you know, you pick up the risk that he could come down with it and be out of the game. Yeah, because because but, but, but you Green do get bets. right, but you do get upside yep. that to your point he could have some of his offensive linemen back, which would be obviously is a really big deal. So, and also
0: make sure that Dearness Johnson is not available on weight. Like make sure you pick him up. Because again, like you alluded to, Chubb gets COVID, Dearness Johnson's the guy, like yeah, if you Walmart have Chubb and
1: you're gonna and you're gonna be playing him and waiting for that, to, you know, for the for the late game. What is that? one Monday or Tuesday? That one's Monday. That one's on yeah. Monday. <laughs> but still, no, it's okay. The Tuesday. I gotta remember the Tuesday night one is the Rams. Um, all like I gotta do is just remember West Coast is always latest, so they're gonna have the last <laughs> game. Um, so yeah, with Chubb, I agree with that. Um, where do you have him? Like right now, I've still got him at five, just because it's like it's all Nick Chubb. I had him at three, but I moved him down with the offensive line and all this other junk. Um, But I think he's a top six back. I think it's an easy way to put it this week. I don't don't see a way to get him out of my top six, Um, but he does come with the extra risk. And I think you're spot on. Like if you have Chubb and you're waiting, you have to get Dearness Johnson onto your roster somehow.
0: Yeah, I have him at six as well. And I think the thing with me and Chubb is, you know, some of these other running backs, when you kind of spin the narrative, it's like, oh, you know, if if the football team doesn't have – you know, any of their playmakers, then you could see Gibson getting all these carries. And yes, like that would be a way to spin it in a positive light for Gibson. But like, we've seen this before where he can get game scripted out of games and then things just fail. But like with, I mean, if Chubb touches the ball 30 times, like the dude is a yards after contact machine. Like I feel confident that some way he's going to be able to do something if he touches the ball that many times. So I I think that Chubb is, yeah, probably the only guy I feel. I I don't, you know, people's Jones kind of looked interesting without Landry potentially, but now Landry could come back. Again, these guys are too... F- I mean, this is not a passing game that you need to attach yourselves to. Yeah. only thing I will bring up... So David Njoku is off of the COVID list. So he is back. Harrison Bryant is questionable. Austin Hooper is also potentially you now able to come back because he was placed on the COVID list earlier this week. Is- Njoku, uh, people are looking for There's tight end game on
1: Saturday. I'm tired of this already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Njoku, <Y'all> <laughs> would that be someone
1: that you would stream a nah. tight end? I wouldn't, I just don't think you can wait on it. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, if, if it wasn't, you know, if we weren't in the conditions that we're in now, yeah, I mean, I would love to see a player like Njoku with a potential full workload. But now you have the chance that one, Harrison Bryant could play and they like to rotate tight ends. Two, we could even get Austin Hooper back. Three, we don't know for sure what the quarterback situation is gonna look like. It could still be without Baker, right? It could still be without Case Keenum. These pushbacks also don't guarantee that any of these other players get to come back. Like they still have to actually test negative for the virus, right? It's not like if they if they didn't have a false positive to begin with, like it's gonna be really hard for them to now test out. Now, basically, the way these tests work is they're basically saying, do they have enough of the virus, like that it, it passes over a certain threshold that they're basically infectious to other players, right? So they could technically, you know, get below, a th- maybe they're at like a, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, I don't know the percentages, but maybe they're at a percentage today that's above the threshold and they couldn't play, but by next Monday, right, it's below that. So there's a chance if there's players that are borderline, but I, I, I expect many of these players that are listed to be out today to still be out when it comes Tuesday.
0: Yeah, it's too risky. I yeah, I think there's some other tight ends that that you could potentially lean towards. I know that I particularly like Brevin Jordan from the Houston Texans as a you know a desperation play. A guy, Green Bay Packers Josiah DeGora, another tight end option that you can look for. Yeah, a Hunter Henry even Hunter Henry's available everywhere. It's a good match against the Colts. So if you just want to get it over with, play a guy on Saturday. Hunter Henry is probably another guy that you can look towards. So from the quarterback position on the football team, so Heineke tested positive on Friday. Kyle Allen has already been on the COVID list. So either way, I don't think that even with the pushback from the football team playing to Tuesday, because Heineke tested positive today, I think that he's probably going to miss regardless. So you're going to have a backup quarterback again for the football team. Does this, I mean, McClure? McCorm- Unless it's a
1: false positive, yeah. Like yeah, like, are we. Because with the new role now, like, they just have to be asymptomatic for 24 hours and then they just need a negative test and they can do their two tests back to. They don't have to spread them out like they used to. So basically, like, you can get back quicker um, if if you can test negative. But that's still the big key. Like, it's just the way, the easiest way to think of it is Taylor Heineke just has to test negative. He can, if he yeah. can, he'll be able to play. Okay. But um, again, like, the. Who knows? Like, if he has the virus, he has the virus. Like, this isn't <laughs> going to change that. You know what I mean? This yes. really doesn't help Washington that much. The only thing it helps them out no. is potentially just a, a couple of fringe cases. Yeah. Or if all of a sudden all these players come back, then this is all just rigged and just, like, <laughs> forget, like, whatever the NFL says their protocols are and what they're doing. They're just trying to get these games in. And the teams are bitching. The the teams force their hand. Baker Mayfield actually is a big part of forcing their hand. Like what he did on social media, like there's really made the NFL have to act, which I don't blame him. Like I thought he's doing the right thing. Um, It's just a lot for us to unravel. So I I just would not count on any part of the Washington passing game. I don't think there's enough meat on the bone anyway to worry about it. Um, McLaurin was limited again, so he'll be back. So, I mean, you can think of him as a fringe wide receiver three. But right now I would plan on him not having – His quarterback, which means he's not your typical boom bust wide receiver two. You got to think of him more as a boom bust wide receiver three, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, I mean McLaurin is really tough to uh, tough to swallow this week. I I, I've been telling (laughs) people Washington
1: went from minus four to minus twelve or minus (laughs) fourteen or something like since the start of the week. It's
0: it's bad. It's it's really bad. I mean, like I'm trying to. I mean, I would probably just like about like comfort. Like I would rather play Gabriel Davis. Over McLaurin, like I, I just like don't want. I,
1: I so basically don't play McLaurin. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like Gabriel Davis is a low end wide receiver three this week, and I think that's about where you have to consider McLaurin. Yeah. But you know, he you was already it,
0: boom bust all. He's been boom bust all was. year long. Yeah. Yeah. So he has been the he's
1: been the he has been the poster child for boom bust. Yes. Yeah.
0: So it, it's a tough slide because it's either going to be Garrett Gilbert, Kyle Shermer, Jordan Tiamu. It's 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 what's well, eating Garrett
1: Gilbert. Garrett, Garrett <laughs> Gilbert, great. Yeah, it's. <laughs>
0: All right, let's go flip to the other side of that game. With another Jeez, quarterback, like,
1: like you're gonna have to cheer me up here, Andy. Like people <laughs> J- are gonna just be like, people aren't even gonna want to play fantasy football anymore. After All right, Jalen, this has, <laughs> Jalen Hurts,
0: Jalen Hurts, questionable. He was questionable when the game is on Sunday, had to, and now he's going. The game has been moved to Tuesday. What's your view with Jalen Hurts? So I know that we have had him. You know, he came off the bye week. We expected him to kind of practice in full this week that wasn't really the case he was limited for the most of the week he practiced full on friday um i was reading some insider from the eagles john mccullen and he was actually talking about how or he was actually you know somebody asked dallas goddard about jalen hurts and he said oh he's like limping a lot less today um, this was on thursday so clearly it's still hurts isn't like at 100 when comes are rushing now he has a couple extra days he's playing on tuesday I know I have Hertz like ranked kind of in the fringe. I know I've got a lot of questions about like Hurts versus Taysom Hill, Fields, Kirk Cousins. So for me, I think that I'm leaning towards I'd rather play Hill, Fields, Kirk Cousins over Jalen Hurts just because I'm like, is this game gonna be competitive? Are they just gonna give the ball to the running backs the entire time? How much is Hertz gonna run? Is he gonna get that pot? Like, I have a lot of question marks about Hertz and I just think that oh, there's some other waiver wire. Like I probably Justin Fields is like the guy I would the lean move towards. For this bit.
1: game to Monday night is is going to force is going to force me to move Jalen Hurts down like w- where the game was sitting before like you were just operating from a better you know position um with knowing everything else that was going to be going on you know in the slate now with having to wait with this game being on Monday it's um yeah, it's it's sorry Tuesday. Yeah, so okay, sorry. Rams Seahawks are Monday it's in Washington. No, no, there's Tuesday. two
0: games on Tuesday. That's what's getting you. The Rams Seahawks is on Tuesday, and football team Eagles is on Tuesday.
1: No, the Rams Seahawks I thought are a doubleheader Monday night. We got a doubleheader on Monday night.
0: Yeah, because the month because there's already the game with the Vikings and Bears on right. Monday.
1: Okay. Oh, the Raiders and Browns. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. Bad. Jesus. Hey, yeah. anyway. we, right. we literally Whatever. don't have
0: Tuesday Night Football on ever, so it's okay to be confused.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we had it last year, so I should have been used to it. Okay, so yeah, my bad. That's, that's the thing I was discounting like the normal Monday Night Football game. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but anyway, the, like the point like still stands, like having to wait that long if for some reason, like we all of a sudden find out he's inactive or COVID-19 strikes, or all these other variables, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to move Jalen Hurts down. Um, Right now, I still have him at QB6. Mm -hmm. Part of me really does believe this is a huge-ass smoke screen (laughs) from the Eagles. And they're so full of crap. (laughs) And I think they know that he's fine and he's going to play. This is the game that coaches play sometimes. So, I can't say that for sure. Like, we, you know, different coaches handle these things different ways. So, yeah, with Jalen Hurts, like, I would play, you know, I'm definitely moving him down. Right now I've got him at six. But I'm going to move him below Rodgers, Prescott, um, yeah, and I think the tier with Fields, Taysom Hill, and Kirk Cousins, like that's maybe the tier where he belongs. I feel like I have to rework my entire rankings again. Like it's this is so much information. Um, so yeah, I, I, would you I would you probably, play would
0: you play Tua? Would you would you play Tua on Sunday? Dolphins playing the Jets? Would you?
1: No, would you I would do Jets? that. I, I would just I would just roster Gardner Minshew if I had to do something like that. I think okay. once you get past for me. Once you get past Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Taysom Hill, and Kirk Cousins, and you get into the net, for me, the next tier is Tua, Jimmy okay. G, you know, those type guys. I'm starting Jalen over those guys. And I'm just gonna have Gardner Minshew on my team. Okay. Because then cool. even if even if Hertz is out, Gardner Minshew would, would grade in that tier for me. So mm-hmm. basically it's a it's a neutral it's a neutral swap for me to move from Jimmy G to Minshew, but I have upside if Hurts plays.
0: Yeah. All right. Josh Allen. Good news. Full participant on Friday. Locked and loaded. Love it. Uh, He won't have Emmanuel Sanders, but where Josh Allen rank you back in the top five, assuming?
1: I have him number three. I've got him still in tier two. I I don't have him in tier one this week. So tier one, I've got Murray and Brady. I just think that you know we're probably not going to see Allen run as much. And that's a big part of his game. So I'm expecting to see plenty of passing from Josh Allen, but I don't know that we'll get a rushing touchdown. I don't know that we'll even get 30 rushing yards. So that that creates a slight downgrade. So I had him actually in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, which if he, if he performs like those two guys did last night, you're still just going to be fine. Like you're still going to have a nice quarterback one, you know, on the week, especially with what Mahomes did last night. Um, but that's above Stafford. It's above Aaron Rodgers, above Dak. So, I mean, I still have him pretty high.
0: Aaron Rodgers missed practice on Friday, but doesn't he's going to play. Yeah. He's just dealing with this toe thing. It doesn't matter. He's going to shred. He just though. wants
1: us all to know that he's dealing with this toe. <laughs> yeah, dude, I swear. Just... I've, ne- I've never seen someone want everyone to know about his injury so bad as Aaron Rodgers. But hey, when you're like a badass like Aaron Rodgers, like, hey, you do you, man.
0: Daniel Jones is out. Uh, Mike Glennon's going to get the start for Big Blue. That. Really doesn't matter. It's just that that offense is just a <laughs> Why total are you right
1: now, Andrew. <laughs> uh,
0: last quarterback news that actually matters: uh, Lamar Jackson. So he has yeah. missed three. He's missed practice all week. Seems pretty likely he's not going to play. Harbaugh has kind of been beating around the bush about it. He said, "I said he has a chance. We'll check him out pregame. It's all about the preparation. We've, if not, he can't go. We got Tyler Huntley. He'll be ready to go. Also, I mean." It's a game. I, really
1: so. I really just don't want him to play, to be honest. Because yeah. if he plays, you have to use him. And I worry that yeah. this is the type of issue, right? Like, look, he got knocked out of this game. And I know they came back and said low ankle sprain. I mean, remember, folks, technically Saquon Barkley's ankle sprain was a low ankle sprain. Like, and you saw that thing. Like, so, I mean, he was knocked out of this game. I mean, people immediately think, oh, it's not a high ankle sprain. They're fine. Like, there are bad low ankle sprains. And so, Lamar Jackson right now, I don't trust. I've got him at number 10 in my ranks already because if he does start, I don't think he's going to be able to use his legs. But that still means he's going to start for most players that have him. And um, that just makes it a problematic situation. If, if you do have Lamar Jackson, you got to remember that that is a late game on Sunday. So it's not like you're completely.
0: Well, I mean, I guess you have more options to swap to now because now there are multiple games on Tuesday. You have another game on Monday. I don't know for
1: sure which ones will be available, (laughs) but yeah, I mean like if you want to switch to like some dude off the street for Washington, like you're going to have that. I think (laughs) the best move honestly is to have, is to have Huntley available because Huntley would fit in that same tier that we talked about a minute ago for Gardner Minshew. I would put him just below the fields, Taysom Hill tier. Because he gives you a similar type player, right? He can run around, he's his scramble rate's high. It's like up at like 11 12 percent which is great. They could involve him more as you know in the design rushing plays. I probably won't do too much because they don't have anything behind him. Um, but I think he'd be just he'd be borderline tier four player for me, which is which is Fields Hill Cousins. I would slot him in right below that. So I think if you've got Lamar Jackson, making sure that you've got Huntley. So in Scott Fishbowl, I've got Lamar Jackson and I picked up Huntley, you know, to be able to plug in.
0: Yeah. I mean, Huntley's averaged over 40 rushing yards in the, the two starts that he's had, you know, so far this season. He's a mobile guy, but like he runs around. They don't change the offense that much with him in at quarterback versus Lamar Jackson. He's, again, he's not the same type of runner like Lamar is, but he can do enough. and. I assume that they're going to have plenty of negative game script because there's no way their defense is going to be able to stop Aaron Rodgers and, and their offense. So Huntley, I think, makes sense. I mean, I, I'm not playing Lamar Jackson. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to this game ho- knowing that he's probably not going to play. So I, I'm making the adjustments now whether I'm picking up, like, a Tua, you know, so I don't have to wait and play Huntley. Just I would rather just play Tua at 1 o'clock against the Jets if, if he's available. So, all right. Let's go to the next position here. So, running backs. I know we hit on Damian Harris. So, Ramondre Stevenson is locked and loaded. Uh, J.D. McKissick, again, back to this football team. Does So, does McKissick playing or not, like, really make a difference to you with Antonio Gibson and where you yeah, view him? Yeah,
1: yeah because, the, like, looking at this game, like, we're expecting Washington to get blown out. Which means a lot of two-minute offense, a lot of long down and distance situations. Which really still have been going to McKissick when he's been healthy. But with him out... That still insulates Antonio Gibson. Look, on a normal week when Washington is full strength and you know that McKissick's probably out, Gibson ranks in the top eight. But this week, because of all the questions and just the quality that we don't we don't know that we'll have from the offense overall, I've got him at 13. Um, you know, just because we could have a free agent playing quarterback quarterback. But I do think it it matters if McKissick plays or not. And McKissick is active for some reason, um, now that he's got a couple more days to get back, I think that moves Antonio Gibson down to like 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, McKissick or uh Antonio Gibson's is really tough to read because even you saw, you know, last week we had the negative game script and you know, McKissick, and it just it didn't really didn't work. So like Well late in that
1: game too, though, he got benched for the fumble. Um he caught he caught a ball in the third quarter, then he fumbled. And so, like, he was on pace, like, for really, like, an elite utilization game, Mm -hmm. like, 90% of the snaps, but it ended up, he lost all that really late in the game um, because of the fumble, you know, so... Grandpa, you know, pulled away the Werther's candy jar, you know, from him. So, you know, made him go sit on the couch, you know, because he messed up. Like, you know, it's always good to get your best players off the field when they fumble. That's the best way to make up for, you know,
0: yeah. a bad see, play. See, see, you know, I always go back to that. Is like when I remember it was Kareem Hunt in his rookie year. He fumbled like on his first touch or whatever against the Patriots. And everyone was like, oh, like Andy Reid's going to bench him. He and didn't. he didn't bench him. And he went out and like had a freaking monster game. So, yep. yeah, like, come on, coaches, like do better. Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, on the other side of that, go- on the other side of the ball in that game. Both practice on Friday. Both look good to go, per Nick Sirianni. How do you see this backfield kind of splitting up between? San- I mean, we haven't really seen Sanders and Howard really play together. I don't think we have see them play together all this year because I think they didn't really use Howard until Sanders got hurt initially, and then when Sanders came back, Howard was already hurt. So yeah,
1: it's a. It's kind of another tricky situation, right? Because it matters, like, does Jalen Hurts play or not? (laughs) Because if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, then that's a bump for Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. You know, they're going to get more carries. Um, You know, if if it's a situation where Jalen Hurts, you know, does play, then we at minimum have a three-way backfield potentially a four-way because you could still have Boston Scott or Kenny Gainwell involved because we've, we've seen games now where they've involved all four of those players. So I think you have to be careful with Sanders. I think you have to be careful with Jordan Howard Um, Sanders. I feel bad for him, Andrew. It's like every time he's about to get there, it's like something happens, whether it's an injury, whether it's two fumbles, you know, just weird stuff has happened to Sanders and just made it so that we haven't been able to see him, see him truly, like be unveiled in the offense in this lead role, like every, every time something stands in the way. So for now, I mean, I've got him at uh running back 27. So that's in my fourth tier. So it's like a borderline RB two, you know, he's a player that, you know, could give you an RB three, RB four performance, but if things went right he's got big playability, you wouldn't be surprised to see him put up a really strong RB two, you know, spot. But I think for now you got to treat it kind of cautiously. I do think it's going to be a committee. I, you know, I think that miles Sanders will lead the way but I, when I say lead the way, I'm thinking 40 45% of the snaps. Um, and then you're going to have the rest, maybe 50% max. And the rest is going to be split up, you know, across these other guys.
0: Would you go Miles Sanders or Rashad Penny? Both play on Tuesday.
1: I have Rashad Penny one spot above Miles Sanders right now. All right. I, I have Devonta I... Freeman two spots above.
0: Yeah, I think I kind of agree with that. You know, I moved Miles Sanders up my rank. I mean, I had him, like, at RB30 earlier this week because I didn't like the matchup against the football team because they've been pretty good against the run. But then I realized, like, half their team isn't going to play. So, I was like, all right, well, yeah. they're going to be boosting efficiency for Sanders because that's really what he has to do because he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. He doesn't catch passes. He needs efficiency. So, I was like, all right, let's move him up. And now, okay. Now they could get some of their guys back and be better defense against the run. So, yeah, it's kind of like that fringe back-end RB2 slot. And, again, obviously presents more questions. So, I I mean, I think someone may be like, oh, Stevenson or Sanders. Like, no, like play Stevenson in that case. Like that one I think is pretty easy. I would play Stevenson um, over Miles Sanders. Other running back uh, rooms that are very hard to figure out, (laughs) Daryl Henderson. (laughs) So, Daryl (laughs) Henderson is still on the COVID list. Um. After coming back, this from, can actually
1: play in his favor. Like yes. he's a player that you look at and you're like, okay, like, because he went on just before the game last week, you know, this could be a spot where he comes off.
0: Okay. And are you confident? Like, what's your confidence level on him being the main running back for the Rams, despite no, what Sonny Michelle said? I
1: don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't have that confidence, but I think he's the lead back. But I think okay. it's going to be more of a split than what we've seen earlier in the season. Maybe more of like a 55, 45, 60, 40 instead of a 80, 20. Really, that's what we had it was like an 80, 20. So I think you might be closer to like that 60, 40 range. Um, and I think that's a good place to guess for now. But again, we're guessing just going off the data that we have. We don't really have any data points. That's a, you know, We're kind of going blind, right? Because now Michelle has had these had a couple of nice games. And so we don't know what it's going to look like exactly when they get back. But we know that Daryl Henderson continually stays dinged up. We know Sean McVay's talked positively about him in the media, even though he's been led on multiple of those comments. Not like he just came out and said, you know, Sonny Michelle's going to be the lead back. He's never said that. Um, so I, I would just want to play it a little more, more cautious. For now, I have Henderson out of my ranks. But when I had him in the ranks, you know, to, to begin the week, um, I had him at 22. So I mean, low end RB two for now.
0: So would you wait to play? So I guess like the question is, all right, do I have like what between what running backs am I waiting to play Daryl Henderson for? So it's I hard have for guys, me to wait
1: on Henderson at this yeah. point. For the most players, I'm just going to start over him. Like now, you start naming names like Mark Ingram and David Johnson. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> um, but like any of these other closer calls, like I'm playing Devonta Freeman over him, Melvin Gordon over him uh over Zillero, you played. Jeff Wilson, I'm going to play over him. Rashad Penny, I'm going to play over him. Miles Sanders, I'm just going to go ahead and play all these guys over over Daryl Henderson.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that because there are a couple games on Tuesday, so if you have, you know, Penny, Sanders, Daryl Henderson, like a combination of those guys, like you're going to at least know on Tuesday, all right, like I know who I can plug and play here, you know, if I have to fill my flex spot. And that's a big key too, like make sure whoever is in your flex plays on Tuesday night or, or whatever, because you want to have the most amount of information as possible that you can then make a switch because let's say one of these running backs gets COVID or whatever gets gets ruled out okay now I can look to the waiver wire maybe pick up a wide receiver you know if tower lock doesn't play I can pick up Freddie Swain I can pick up Dwayne Esker, just so you have something to play on Tuesday night and you're not left with a zero so I think it's just but really important to sure you, those that, guys that you move that
1: around but if you can't then yeah you got to make sure it's your flex spot that's open like yep. Most of the leagues I play in now, like even though a player's already played, I can move them like from my oh, yeah. flex to my running back spot.
0: State of the art. Love to see State it. State <laughs> of the art. Um, so that's the Rams running backs. Um, Jamal Williams is still on the COVID list. Last week, we saw Greg Reynolds kind of lead this backfield. I read a report about Jamar Jefferson that actually said that he didn't really play that's last week because too. he was missing uh, with the flu. Deuce Staley says he expects him to be more involved in the game plan. I mean, look, I mean, like, like not playing Lions running backs is not a hot take. Like, like I don't, I don't, you don't need to jam in these guys. But do we go back to? I think me and you were kind of talking about this on the Twitter space, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, last week. We're like, you liked Godwin, I liked Jamar. We were both wrong <laughs> because it was neither of them. So, who do you, Who's your highest ranked Lions run? Like, it, if you had to tell someone to play a Lions running back, would it be Jamar Jefferson again, or would you just go back to Godwin with hoping for the the pass catching?
1: I I would just try to avoid the situation altogether. I do think Jefferson probably plays Reynolds' role. Like, so, look, here's what it comes down to. Godwin had the role we thought he was going to have. He was out there for all the passing down work. He just didn't get any of the targets. Um, He handled the two-minute offense, handled the long down distance. So, essentially, he played the DeAndre Swift role. And then it was Craig Reynolds playing the Jamal Williams role rather than Jamar Jefferson. I know. Confusing. Um, So (laughs) I feel like I'm casting a movie. Um, So I want to avoid these players if I can. If Jamal was playing, like I I had him at RB30, right? Um, So you pull Jamal out and I think it just gets messy. And so I don't think I'll have... I won't have... um, I won't have Jamar Jefferson inside my top 36 and Godwin won't be either. So
0: it's, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad spot for the Lions. Lack of playmakers. Yeah. So Carlos Hyde is out. Urban Meyer has got the ax James Robinson. This has got to be it, man. Like this has to be the spot for James Robinson. I mean, I, I'm just going all in, man. I have James Robinson, RB three. Like I'm, I'm, beyond bullish on, on robinson this week i love the matchup i love the fact that we could see him get the workload that he's gotten at points this year like he's gotten three down workload and i just don't see why we wouldn't see him in this matchup so um i think if you have robinson like i'm pretty much starting him in almost every scenario
1: RB 3 huh on the jaguars wow uh, they are playing the Texans. I mean, I give you that. <laughs> like, that's really it for me. It's, it's like... a nine. It's a nine point <laughs> eight out of ten running back strength of schedule on our PFF metric. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've got him. I've got him in RB two territory, and I'm fine. I think he's uh, he should be starting on most fantasy teams. I'm just not quite as bullish. You know, as as you are, but I, I totally get the reasons that you are, and I like the fact that like you're, you're Andrew's making his stand. It's late in the season, to make your stand. Uh, it's like now or never. <laughs> it's like you know you Pretty got all much. this emotion, all this emotional capital, and you got to put it somewhere. Like and you're like it's just going to channel all onto this James Robinson chip right here. Um, all betting it all on black. All right. Um, yeah, no Robinson. Look, you're going to play him if you have him. I've got him my I've got him in a, as a as a mid range low end RB two. But again, like it's such a mess through there this week. Like, I could see Miles Gaskin out outperforming. I could see Saquon Barkley outperforming. I could see him outperform both of those. Right. I could see. I could see him easily finish at the top of the tier that I have him in. So again, if you have him, you're playing him. Like the guys that you know, I'm for sure starting over James Robinson. Like absolutely for sure would probably be. Mixon, Montgomery, Fournette. Assuming he he plays, which you know they've said he is. Um, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook. Like I'm, and probably Josh Jacobs, Cordell Patterson, Ramondre Stevenson. I'm probably playing all those guys over Robinson, but I think I just named like 12, 13 guys. So, I mean, that means anything past that, like he's fair game to me.
0: Yeah, and really for me, it's like you know when I was doing the DFS breakdown with Ian earlier this week. It I mean, I just don't like a lot of these running backs matchup wise. Like again, obviously we rank the running backs based on their utilization for the most part. We don't necessarily weigh too significantly with the matchup, but like of the top tier running backs, like none of them really have smash spots. And James Robinson just really sticks out to me as like, okay, like I could see him getting a really big workload here and he has the best matchup, arguably, of all the running backs. So that's kind of why I'm bullish on him. But we we shall see it play out.
1: No, I, I agree. Like, I mean, he's in a good spot. Like, I mean, that's, he, like, really the the running backs with the best matchups this week are he and Miles Gaskin, who could pretty much dominate, you know, the backfield for Miami. They do have Salvin Med back. Um, and then whoever starts, you know, against Detroit for Arizona. Honestly, I was just kind of hoping they would say James Conner is out and you could use yeah. Chase right. Adams. And so I think Edmonds is in a kind of a similar spot. You know, I think that's actually the next guy on our list. So like if for some reason, James is out of this game, um, Edmonds will be in my top 15 backs this week. Um, Yeah.
0: um, Cliff Kingsbury said he expects both of them to play. So I think it's in a situation. I mean, I can't imagine. So
1: so that's enough to hold it back. But man, I'm just like, good God, like James is probably not ready to play. Like
0: I know, I, I it's, feel but like they you, should just let him
1: rest. You but. see
0: the Lions, you're just like <laughs> I can't oh, yeah, forgive myself. If I don't James play. Connor,
1: well, look, James Conner has carried a ton of teams into the playoffs. Yeah. Like you're on his back right now. Like uh, if you're in the playoffs and James Conner's on your team, like he's a key reason you're there. Um, so yeah, it's going to be hard to, to go away from him because you're thinking against the Lions, man. Like even half of James Conner could fall in the end zone for two touchdowns.
0: Where do you have Edmonds ranked? Right he's now supposed, he's supposed to I, have
1: him thir- I have him 31, you know, okay. but if for some reason we heard he was going to take the lead role and Connor's more emergency, you know, or if Connor were out, like he would move into my top 15, but for, but if not, like it just, it makes it more difficult. I'll probably end up moving him up a little bit just because I'm kind of with two DNPs and then just getting back to practice just now today for Connor. It's like, he's, you know, he's pretty banged up.
0: And and, and I guess, and Edmonds. you know, the
1: irony of all that is like, so Connor is carrying multiple high stakes teams for me right now. Um, I mean, and they're good. Like they have other good players, but he's been a huge, cause he's in my flex. So I'm flexing mm-hmm. James Connor every week, which has been like enormous. And um, so on that play on he, that one that one, one of my matchups, That won me $1,500. That last play, that last dump off that he got hurt on because the opponent I was playing had the kicker. Um, for the Rams who kicked another damn freaking long field goal like he had like <laughs> three in the game um, so it, it I had just gone back down and, but I was down by .10 and I was like oh man like I just lost to a kicker like because it was back and forth like he had a lead against me and then I had and he had he had a kicker and a lead and I had James Connor like having to try to overcome like all of that but anyway it was just kind of funny. Like, I was so excited. And then I was like, why is he limping? <laughs> you know, I because it won my league, but it got me into this championship round. And now I could be, you know, it's it's funny how this how fantasy works. Now I'm playing with 75% of James Conner when I'm trying to win 500K. But that's how it goes.
0: Yeah. I, I will say for DFS, I mean, Chase Edmonds, I think, is a amazing play in tournaments. Because, like you said, you know, they talked about how Edmonds could have actually played last week but they just kind of kept him out for another week. Just, being... It's not
1: like a conditioning thing. Like he's yeah. ready, he's healthy. They just got to get him ready to play in games.
0: Yeah. So um, if they get up big on the Lions, maybe we see more Chase Edmonds kind of get his conditioning. Again, if Chase Connors like banged up. You could just up, see
1: Chase Edmonds lead, take the yeah. lead role for the week if, if Connor is banged up.
0: Yeah, that, that would make sense. So that, that would be something we get like a, a Schefter bomb about. You know, Edmonds is going to lead the backfield. Connor's going to be kind of like that situation with Daryl Henderson where he was active because of, like, emergency situations only or something like that. So, you know, pay attention and look out for something like that for the Cardinals running back. Leonard Fournette missed the last two days, Wednesdays and Thursday, but practiced fully on Friday. Aaron says he will play. It's a bad matchup, but Fournette's just – he's bell cow, so yeah, it, doesn't it doesn't really matter. matter.
1: If he's out there, um, you're playing him.
0: Alex if, he, Madison, if,
1: he, if he, for some reason, doesn't go – I know Arians has said that he is playing, but just since we're covering all these scenarios, in that case, like – Rojo would move to, like, mid-RB2 territory. I would not expect him to handle the passing down work. But still, a, a back probably going to see 60-70% of the carries on an elite offense. So, like, Rojo, just let this be your reminder. Like, Rojo, like he's a nice stash play. Like, He's the kind of guy that if for some reason, like Fournette re-injures his ankle this weekend, come next Tuesday, we're talking to you guys about waivers, like people are going to be dumping the whole kitty bank on Rojo. So like if you can find a way to carry him this weekend, especially knowing Fournette's, you know, banged up, like if you've got the room, I know some rosters are tight and you can't do it. But if you've got a deep bench roster, like Rojo's a great kind of guy to just have sitting there waiting.
0: Agreed. Alexander Madison is out uh, with COVID. He's the unvaccinated, so he has to take the 10-day quarantine. And that means he's not going to play. So we're going to probably see. Ken and Anwu or Wayne Gallman back up Dalvin Cook? Aaron Jones has missed practice this week he, with a non-COVID illness. He came back on Friday. Aaron Jones is kind of like, I mean, it was really weird how they've used more AJ Dillon. How are you feeling about Aaron Jones in this Packers-Ravens yeah, matchup that yeah, doesn't I... really have, you know, I don't see the, the Ravens keeping this really competitive. And I think when the Packers get a lead, they're like, Okay, well, it's us just AJ Dillon. Like, that's what we like. Like, Aaron Jones is way, is much better in shootout environments where it's like back and forth, back and forth. Like, let's use Aaron Jones as a, as a receiver. But in games where the Packers are in control and cruise control, they use AJ Dillon more.
1: Yeah. Um, Dillon, you know, the last two games that we've had, Aaron Jones has actually handled 60% of the rushing attempts, which is what he was handling before Aaron Jones came back. So I think you just have to acknowledge that. The roles are different now. Aaron Jones is more of a move around playmaker. They're going to get him out there on passing downs. They're going to use him in mismatches versus linebackers. But I mean, he's only getting 20 to 30% of the rushing attempts. Now, it could be part of it as maybe his knees not fully healthy yet, and we could see that change over the next few weeks, but I downgraded him this past week for the exact reasons that you mentioned in the utilization report. Just the fact that look, it's not it's it's not an, in fact, like this is the least work we've seen from Aaron Jones in like 2 to 3 years. Like now, earlier this season, he was basically getting everything. You know, he was getting half of what Jamal Williams left behind. And so, like, he was a top five back every week. Then he gets hurt and comes back, and he's not even getting as much as he was back whenever it was he and Jamal Williams. Now it's like A.J. Dillon's getting so much more. So it is an issue. I've got him inside my top 15 because he still plays on a good offense. He can make big plays. He's involved in the passing game. Um, But you have to think of him more like – uh, you know, early stage Alvin Kamara, early stage Christian McCaffrey before they became, you know, every down, you know, early down backs as well, back when they were just really the passing down backs. Um, so Aaron Jones, we, we need to see him get to like 40 to 50% of the rushing attempts, like to really feel good about him as a low end RB one plus his passing work. Well, right now like he's getting the passing work, but he's not getting enough of the early down work. So that's a problem.
0: Did you say that you would rather play Stevenson? Over Jones, yeah, agree. Yeah,
1: I've got I've got Stevenson same tier, but right now, like just looking at it, I yeah, I I've got Stevenson two spots ahead. Yep,
0: yeah, I agree. So, Ramadre Stevenson over Aaron Jones, man, <laughs> wild times in two thousand twenty one. Elijah Mitchell, uh, it's just a been... chance
1: for uh, it's just a chance that Stevenson. We know Stevenson has a shot of touching the ball twenty to twenty five times. Aaron Jones doesn't have that. Yep. That's really the difference.
0: Um, Elijah Mitchell has been doing non-on-the-field work this week, uh, DNP yeah, on no, Friday, because I know for practice.
1: Jeff Wilson, missed.
0: Jeff Wilson ah. season again. I wrote in the show sheet doc, I'm ready to be heard again by Jeff Wilson. <laughs> so where do you have Jeff? I mean, Jeff Wilson's basically been an RB3 in all the games that he's quote unquote been the starter. Now the game yeah. against the Jaguars, he had pretty good usage. This last pass game, not nearly as much. Debo Samuel's getting a lot of work in the rushing game, which I think we see again because of no Elijah Mitchell here. I utilization assume maybe. this
1: last week was actually still really good. Like so, okay. If, here's what I would say: Jeff Wilson's utilization, like his underlying percentages, have been just as good as Elijah Mitchell in the games he's played. The first game against the Jaguars, like he didn't play well, right? And but it happens. It happens to everyone. Everyone has a bad game. This last game. His underlying percentages were all still the same. The difference was the Niners decided to throw the ball last week. Like, that's the first time they've been in a leading strip like that all season, and they actually decided to pass the ball more than run the ball. It's the first time. So, basically, I think they looked at it and they thought, well... Looking at our running back situation, we got Debo battling and growing. Jeff Wilson's coming off of a knee injury. Like, how much do we – we don't have Elijah Mitchell. We don't have Trey Sermon. How much do we really want to pound these guys? You know, Jamichael Hasty's been banged up. So I think they just decided they were going to throw the ball, and they had a great mismatch that they found with Kittle, and they just wrote it. And so, I think what this week you could see, you know, in a game where they're favored by almost 10 points, you got implied points of 28. You've got an 8.9 out of 10 running back strength of schedule, a 92 offensive line run blocking advantage, which is number one on the slate. You know, Jeff Wilson, look, if they decide to run the ball 50% of the time and drop back to pass 50% of the time, Jeff Wilson's going to see 18 to 20 touches, like even with Debo being involved. So, and he could score a touchdown. So I I think he's a low end RB two. You don't have to force him. He's not going to, he doesn't make his way as high in the rankings this week. Last week, he was like up to 18 mm-hmm. for me because we have a full slate, you know, besides the COVID stuff, right? We've got, you know, we don't have four teams on by. So that's, that's the difference really in where he's ending up ranking, but the matchup is great. So I think, you know, people that are just off of Wilson because, Oh, I watched him and I thought he was bad. You probably don't really know what you're watching. Now, some of you do. But a lot of you, this is just variance. But if you look at the underlying usage, it's fine. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, he's kind of had two weird spots. Like the 49ers did something last week we've never seen them do all season. So that kind of crap happens.
0: So is Jeff Wilson in a good enough spot for you that you feel comfortable playing him and not having to wait for one of these other guys? Like you'd be like, I'll just play Jeff Wilson. I'll roll with him. I hope that he finds the end zone. Or is he kind of fringy enough for you where you would be willing to wait for one of these potential guys playing on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, so, like, the names on Tuesday. um,
0: So, the Rams running backs, Penny. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, like, I would probably just play him over the Rams running backs. I've got Michelle, 21. I've got Jeff Wilson, 23. Okay. So, I mean, those are close. I've got uh, Rashad Penny, 25. You know, see, they're all in the same tier. With Penny, though, I haven't adjusted him for Alex Collins being out. You know, now I know we could get Adrian Peterson back, so... With Penny, will move ahead of Wilson slightly in my ranks, like once I make my adjustment. But still, I would be I would be tempted um, to just go ahead and use Jeff Wilson. Um, but I, I mean, I, I get it if somebody wants to wait on Penny because he's actually looked good two weeks in a row, right? He's not just getting utilization; he's actually he's breaking off long runs. Like the big thing for Penny, like 19% of his carries have gone for 10 yards or more over the last two weeks. Like the Seahawks haven't had that all year. Yeah. So I think he's probably in line to get 70, 80% of the work this week. And we could have a Rams team that's missing half their defense. So um, Penny, I would probably go ahead and, you know, if you if you feel strongly about it, wait on that one. But for like Sony versus Daryl, I would just go ahead and play Jeff Wilson.
0: All right. And while we're just talking about the 49ers in general, so if Mitchell's out... We usually see a boost in terms of rushing production from Debo Samuel. I would expect to see that something again. He did run a lot of routes last week, so it wasn't like the routes weren't there for him to see targets, but it's really been the Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle show in the passing game. Do you anticipate Debo to kind of just be an afterthought in the passing game? Again, it's a good match against the Falcons, obviously. You know, everyone scores on fantasy points on the Falcons, but from like a receiver standpoint, like... I
1: think think at some point Debo comes back around. You know, I just don't think we know when that will be. I mean, you can't go from being a freaking 30% target hog to being a nothing. (laughs) You know, I mean, I guess you can. It's Kyle Shanahan, right? I mean, who knows what's going on? (laughs) But I think that's why they're getting Debo touches on the ground, to be honest, is one, he's probably the best running back they have on the team. Two, (laughs) it is a way to get him touches and Kittle touches and Aiyuk touches. Like, th- this is probably the path. So th- that's concerning to me. Like, if, if if Shanahan's basically saying, look, I need to get the ball in these three guys' hands for when you have Elijah Mitchell, the way he can do that, because they run so much, they don't throw the ball that much, is to use Debo in the running game. But Re- Debo's operating on super thin margins. I mean, everybody has to know it. Like, if the, the week he doesn't come up with a touchdown pass, if he isn't more involved in the passing game, it's going to be bad. Like, it's going to be a four-pointer. It's going to be a five-pointer. It's not going to be good. Um, so, I mean, I've got Debo the lowest I've had him, you know, all season this week. Um, not all season, but since like, you know, the first couple of weeks when he just blew up. Um, but I've got him at wide receiver 16 right now. You know, I thought he was going to be closer to 20 when the week started, but the way things have worked out, I mean, still... Mid, mid wide receiver too. So you're most likely starting Debo Samuel. Let's just hope that to your point, like the routes turn into targets again, because he is, he is out there actually running routes. It's, it's not that he's not on the field on passing downs, even though it feels like every time I look up at the super screen, Juwan Jennings is out there and Debo's not, it's not true. It's a, when you really look at the data, that's not true. That's just like my mind plays tricks on me.
0: <laughs> exactly. So how much, how much higher do you have Debo rank over Brandon Nayuk?
1: Uh, I have Ayuk at twenty four, so okay. I mean, uh, not much, <laughs> one tier higher. But like, would it surprise me if Ayuk got scored in? Not at all. Right, like, yeah, because probably... I mean, has
0: been getting I, a lot of uh, targets, yeah. and Falcons are the bleed fantasy points through the air to wide yeah. to, to receivers. So.
1: One of the Niners' weapons is most Pull likely up. left out. Each
0: week, and then one of the other guys right. blow up. Like that's how yeah. it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you, you just honestly you kind of just have play to them play, all. You got to play them all and play them all every you know each week. Like you have to play your piece every week.
0: Agreed, agreed. Miles Gaskin, Sal and Ahmed were activated off the reserve COVID list on Friday, so they were at practice. They should play. Lindsey is still on the COVID list. Uh, Malcolm Brown is designated to return from IR from PFF zone. De- Doug Kaid. Um, so where do you stand with Gaskin? So he has missed a bunch of time with COVID. He's coming back. We don't know like conditioning wise, like, what kind of shape he's in. I, I assume that he's still going to be the lead running back. Again, it's a great matchup against the Jets. I have him ranked inside my top 20 running backs. I believe I think I have him exactly at RB 20. Yeah, I have him RB 20 right now. Are you like? Are you feeling good about Gaskin? Or are you kind of like nervous to play him? Even though the matchup is good, uh, we know the Miami yeah, Dolphins can um, run block.
1: You know, I wish we had more information like because these guys coming back in a week, basically, like for all we know, they just tested positive and it was very mild. Like they could be fine. You know, we don't know. Like the the range of the way COVID impacts people is so different. Like we saw it really bother Amari Cooper. Right. But then we've seen other players come back. We're like, this guy had COVID. What? Like how? Um, So I don't it's tough to say. I think there's a range there, but I I think you're close. I mean, uh, you. You know, and your your rank may be more accurate than mine. I've got him at seventeen, so we're we're right next to each other, and where we have him. But he gets the Jets Yeah, I mean, the matchup is so like so. Yeah, thirty five point <laughs> five points per game allowed uh, by the Jets to opposing backs, and we're not going to have Jalen Waddle unless he somehow you know tests out for COVID, yeah. which means there's going to be underneath. You know, targets available in the offense. We know Gaskin can serve as a good receiver out of the backfield, even though for whatever reason, they haven't necessarily like unleashed him in that way this year. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, you know, Gaskin for me is a mid RB2. Um, you know, I think if you want to call him a low end RB2, that's fair as well, just because, you know, you know there could be issues with COVID.
0: Alex Collins is back on the COVID or he's on the COVID list, so he could potentially miss. Peterson has a chance to play. So Rashad Penny, so really the, the rhetoric I've seen kind of on the analysis of Penny is, okay, like, he's getting the usage, he's getting good volume, he's looked explosive with the ball in his hands. And then, like, the people pumping the brakes on Penny are saying, all right, well, it was the Texans, like, pump the brakes, like... He's playing the Rams defense, like the Rams defense is better, but against the run, they shut down James Conner as a rusher last week. We haven't seen Penny in the receiving game. We saw him run the routes, didn't really see the targets, didn't necessarily need the targets in last week's game. Like, what is your confidence level on Penny? Are you like, do you feel good about Penny? Again, the Tuesday thing is kind of a a little bit of a a wrench thrown into it because now you have the potential that he could get COVID, especially because he had a guy in the backfield get COVID. So, has yeah. the news changed at all for you with Penny at yeah, all? Yeah, he's, he's going move him? up
1: some just because of Collins um, okay. being out for sure. Because it really, he still did share time with Collins, but he clearly mm. led the way last week. Um, you know, last week I had Penny as a low end RB2, and then this week, because you've got a full you know slate of backs, he was going to be a high end RB3 for me. But he's going to sneak his way back into RB2 territory because the other thing is, like, the Rams defense isn't going to be full strength. <laughs> so you're going to have Penny without Collins, most likely. So he's probably going to be locked into 60, 70% of the rushing attempts. I don't think he'll handle the passing down work. That was still. Uh, I can't remember last week if it was Dallas or Homer, but it's, it's one of those two backs every week or they split it. Right. So I I think Penny's the early down back. Now the key will be if Peterson's active, like he'll still 20%, you know, so Penny's more fragile than the people that are bullish on him, you know, but he's probably not as fragile as the people that are just doing complete You know, brake pump check like every five seconds on the highway in front of you with him. He's something the truth lies somewhere in between for me, like with Rashad Penny. He outperformed like what I thought he could do last week. And I thought I was high on him, like really compared to the industry. Um, but he came through in a big way and everybody reached out to me, dude, you're awesome. And I'm thinking, I just said, he was a low end RB two, not the only <laughs> one on the slate. I just said, Hey, maybe you could play him. Um, uh, but I'll, you know, we'll take the bat, uh, the the backpats where we can get him huh? Andrew? Cause we get, we get, we get, you know, the crotch kicks plenty. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so with Rashad Penny, you know, he's borderline, borderline RB two this week. Is what, what number do you
0: have him at right now?
1: Well, I haven't moved him yet for the news. I had him at 26, but looking at it right now, I'm thinking he'll be 22, 23. Would you play
0: him over Ezekiel Elliott?
1: I have Zeke at 18, but man, I will not blame anyone that plays him, <laughs> plays him over Zeke. Like, <laughs> like, dude, this is the worst slate ever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Running backs out. are gross. So it's, bad. It's like, there's so many different outcomes that could occur with these players. Like, and Zeke had six targets last week, he caught one. So, like, he still could have <laughs> saved people's days. Um, You know, Corey Clement came in and handled all the work late in that game because they were ahead by so much, and then Zeke had to come in because of Dak's. You know, pick. Yeah,
0: I know. I, I lost my uh, my under on Zeke's rushing yards because he had to come back in the game. I was like, I was like ready to like cash in because like all right, it's garbage time. They got Clement in, then Dak throws a pick six. I'm like, all right, Well, Zeke's back on the field. He like picked up a first down. I'm like, well, there goes my there goes my prop. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like, each time I rework through my backs that are in this range, like, I could reorder them every time I look at them. Yeah. Like, for, for for specific reasons. Like, following a process that I follow where it's like, one guy checks two boxes, but not these other three. This guy checks three, but these other two. And then tomorrow, like, the news changes. And, like, now all of a sudden, you've got – it flips. Like, and who's checking more of your boxes? You know, or they're all just really close, you know? Um, so, it's – it's kind of, It's it's a real mess. Like in that in that section, like of my of my ranks. From so my- I
0: have so in that section as well. I haven't seen yours exactly, but I ended up kind of sliding Michael Carter into that type of area. So he's coming back off of the IR. Robert Sala says he's going to have a significant role against the Miami Dolphins. Dwayne, I know you tweeted out a great thread about the breakdown between Michael Carter when Tevin Coleman plays and when Tevin Coleman doesn't play. Coleman is supposed to come back. Does that have you? fearful enough of uh, Michael Carter that you're like probably more of like an outside of the top 24 or are you going to buy the Robert Sala significant role like and Michael Card is involved in the passing game thoughts
1: yeah so the problem is like when when Robert Sala says significant role people just interpret that what he probably means is he's going to be one of three backs touching the ball in the coach's mind he's telling you the truth that's a significant role to him it's one of three backs that are going to be playing Um, You know, so Tevin Coleman has really been the thorn in the side of Michael Carter, like Ty Johnson, he's been able to live with and the games we've got Tevin Coleman, there sniping some of the carries. And then what happens in those games, they give more of because Ty Johnson doesn't get to handle as many of the rushing attempts. He takes over more of the passing down role. So it's like a double hit on, you know, the value to Carter. And we know that Tevin Coleman is going to be back. So I don't want to be overly aggressive on Michael Carter this week. Um, I've got him as an RB3. You know, you could yeah. call him high-end to mid-range RB3. Um, it's also not the greatest matchup against Miami. They also play a ton of man coverage and a lot of the value that we've gotten out. They run more man coverage than any other team in the NFL. A lot of the value we've gotten out of Michael Carter, honestly, in his big boom weeks has been in the receiving game. And so whenever you With play Mike against, white
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: With my White at quarterback. quarterback, um, and so when you look at running backs, you know their target shares drop by by about five percent when they play against heavy man teams. It goes up by five percent when they play against zone. So I think Michael Carter in the backs are going to be less involved in the in the passing attack. You know the Dolphins defense overall has been pretty stingy here lately. They're playing good. Um, so, and I think we've got a three-way committee, so I just need to see more. Could he outperform this? Yes. But like, there's just not enough there for me to be confident enough to be like, Hey, put him over Javonta Williams or put him over Jeff Wilson, even, you know, put him over Sony Michelle. Like it's, it's, you know, to me, like those guys are, you know, are in, in two man backfields. Like right now we're talking about a bad team with a
0: three man backfield
1: until proven otherwise.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) I think that read between what you said, it's like, you know, t- don't go out of your way to play a Jets running back <laughs> in a committee. Yeah. Like this is like the same lesson we've learned with the Texans running back who we do have with the last update when we're running back. So Rex Burkhead was, was ruled out earlier in the week. <laughs> to our surprise, David Culley comes out and says, oh, actually he does have a chance to play. Uh, I mean, Rex Burkhead did get the majority of work before he got hurt last week. Um, and then Royce Freeman came in without David Johnson. Again, it's just another mess. Um, but if you have to start Texas running yeah,
1: You, don't, <laughs> you just, just Go ahead and mark Rex Burkhead off your list Anyway that way you just you know don't worry About it but yeah it does impact The other guys because you're thinking okay well maybe Maybe Royce Freeman you know Has a little value maybe David Johnson does But most likely they don't
0: yeah. And every time David Johnson like looks like he could Be like a play like a DFS or like Season long like oh like, good matchups like It never works out it just, it just hasn't Don't you so, feel like uh, David
1: Johnson's like 34 And I think he's like 28 <laughs> or something it's just it's it's wild.
0: Yeah, so uh <laughs> Alright, so that's it for the running backs, Dwayne. Has there been any We're breaking in, news through the running backs? Has there um, been any breaking news while we've been we've been uh let me recording? I just want to double check before we hit on two wide receivers. No, the Giants
1: to- have sound they've signed Jalen Smith. Don't worry, you'll soon release him, Giants, unless you're just like a a linebacker that likes to run sideline to sideline and not tackle anybody. Um nope, nothing else.
0: Surprisingly,
1: right. wow! Kareem Hunt was oh, wow. put on COVID nineteen, but that didn't matter. He was already out for the game. So,
0: yeah he was out for the game. But it just means that the the COVID is in the Browns running back facility somewhere. So that's why you got to get Dearnest Johnson. <laughs> the Browns
1: running back facility, <laughs> like
0: <laughs> something like facility. that. All right. Yeah. So wide receivers. uh We talked about the Browns receivers we're not willing to wait for Landry or or any of these guys. It's just way too much of a fringe play. McLaurin again, same thing, concussion. Horrible quarterback play, potentially. Curtis Samuel is also out. Again, he has a new injury. Man, I just wish that Samuel... They should just put him in IR to start the year. Like, I don't know what they were doing with Curtis Samuel. Um, the Eagles. Quez Watkins has COVID. So, if you're playing, like, showdown, Greg Ward. If, if Greg Ward could be the starting slot receiver for the Eagles. So, there's your uh, your showdown play if Quez Watkins can't go. Um, OBJ. So, Odell Beckham Jr. So, this is kind of like the biggest news so far today um, when it comes to, like, specific players. So, he tested negative... So he's definitely going to now or have a better chance of playing. He's someone that at least I can kind of like more confidently rank in the rankings this week because he'll pl- probably play on Tuesday. I guess the main question is, Dwayne, where do you ha- you have him ranked above or below Van Jefferson?
1: Um, I think we have to put him just slightly above Van Jefferson, you know, given what we've seen when OBJ's playing. But, you know, it's like one of these questions that like can go back and forth, you know, each week. But with, Je- with OBJ, you know, testing fine, you know, so quickly, you know, I don't think he's had the virus. You know, I think yeah. it was a false positive. So I anticipate him to be at 100 percent. I had moved Van Jefferson up into my low end wide receiver twos. Now they'll both be wide receiver threes.
0: Yeah, I got them right on the fringe, like outside the top 24, Jefferson at 23, Beckham at 25, but I mean, they're, they're, it's a good spot, good matchup for both those guys. I think that those are the types of players you want to be kind of like waiting for as like flex plays, you know, both of them can make splash plays down the field. Obviously they play an explosive offense. So if you need upside, I think that they're one of the guys, especially if you have like one of these Rams running backs and it's like you know, let's say Henderson and Michelle are both active. You're like, I don't know what to do. Then you could just play one of these Rams wide receivers instead, just to kind of try to shoot for the upside with one of those guys. Um, Adam Thielen did not practice again today. They're playing on Monday night. They're playing the original Monday night game. There's a Monday night doubleheader, (laughs) but the Vikings and Bears are the original Monday night game. I I mean, it doesn't seem like Thielen's going to play. Where do you have KJ Osborne ranked? Because I've got a lot of questions about him this week. I was kind of tentative to like put him up into the top 36 because I thought maybe Thielen would have a chance to play. It's really trending towards Thielen not playing. I would not hold out hope for Adam Thielen. He hasn't been practicing. It's an ankle injury. KJ Osborne got a 30% target share last week. I don't expect that every week because Tyler Conklin was like a complete afterthought. I think we kind of see those things balance out a little bit, with Jefferson obviously kind of seeing the line share. But I mean, Osborne's played two games without Thielen essentially and done really well in both of them
1: yeah no he has um, and I'm with you on Conklin but yeah I've got him at 35 so he's low yeah, got 35, too. I've got him uh, in my tier 5 so here are the names that I have him with uh, and this is the order I have right now but it's Devonta Parker, Devonta Smith if I had another Devonta I would put him next but I don't, Christian Kirk, <laughs> Russell Gage Darnell Mooney, Cole Beasley Tyler Boyd, KJ Osborne Jacoby Myers, Sterling Shepard, Michael Gallup so that's a tier um, and he's in it
0: all right and also just breaking news here so les mitchell is officially out um with swelling in the knee so he's gonna not play so i know we talked about jeff wilson and don't bury the guy like he has a role you know dwayne talked about it you know he has solid usage of that offense and he's playing the falcons so like there's a lot of things that work in his favor so don't just bury him like yes there could be some better players on your roster that you could play ahead of him because again we have all the teams available so don't feel like you need to jam in jeff wilson we don't look at him and be like this guy sucks I, don't think I like him more and more in
1: DFS. I'll be interested to see how much we oh, yeah. change his projected uh, roster ship. No. But, I mean, if he stays down below five th- uh, 5% five at five grand because everybody's been burnt by him, like, I'll I'll be happy to play Jeff oh, yeah. Wilson. I the so it's an, it's an, yeah, it's an 8.9 out of 10 on the running back strength of schedule, like I mentioned earlier. And, again, 92 offensive line run blocking advantage. It's the best yeah. on the slate.
0: Yeah, I think I'd rather be overweight on Jeff Wilson than underweight yes, on the field than Wilson sure. this week in DFS. Again, guy we've seen him put 30 points up before. He gets if he gets the goal line carries, for some reason Debo doesn't get him, boom, like you're cooking with house gas. Let's go. So Lockett, another big COVID player. So unfortunately, like we'll, we'll talk about Jalen Waddle, but Lockett gets the you know the better version of this because his game gets moved after he was put on the COVID list on Thursday. That gives him a chance to play suit up for Tuesday night. I know I was really high on DK Metcalf thinking that maybe Lockett doesn't play. I liked Gerald Everett a lot more thinking Lockett may not play. Now there's a question marks. I know I got the question on Twitter. It's like, do I wait for Lockett or do I play Julio Jones or Russell Gage? And I said, look, I think that Lockett is far way far ahead of those other two guys. So I would be willing to take the risk of waiting for him because I know that Lockett, you know, he's just been really consistent as of late. I think that it's a good matchup for him in a high power game against the Los Angeles Rams is that kind of just the move with Lockett? it's like look like you got to take on the risk and that's kind of like i mean Lockett's like a risk every single week it seems like because he's just so volatile and i mean just kind of throwing in the COVID thing just kind of makes it just another element to whether you're gonna play i mean i think it's a a four ceiling combination i'm not
1: doing that just because like he's he needs to test negative i don't think we can assume that most of these players are going to test out I think most players that are that are missing right now will also be missing come time we play these games. I could be wrong, but I think most of them will be missing by the time we come Monday and Tuesday. And so when I say most, I'm going to assume that Tyler Lockett is one of those that doesn't get to play this game. Um, because I think that the chance is like, you know, it's too great that he completely misses the game. You know, I think it's more likely that he misses than he plays is the way I would put it. So I, I, I totally, I agree with your logic, like that, I think the upside is there, you know, with Lockett for sure, but man, knowing that you could take on a zero and it's probably the more likely scenario at that point, like I've got to get off of Lockett and I'm trying to, and I'm going to move on. Now, if there's some way that I can cushion the blow um, and I can get a player on my roster that allows me to keep that flexibility to pivot back to Lockett, then I like that. And and because we had multiple games moved, you know, you could have, there could be, a, you know, there's more options that you could look at, but you got to have an option, in my opinion, that you
0: can pivot to. People are going to start Greg Ward this week <laughs> because they're going to have no choice but to pick up Greg Ward, the starting slot receiver for the Eagles, and just totally forget about Jalen Rager. Just like, no. <laughs> Playing Greg yeah, Ward.
1: Yeah, no one wants to play
0: Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager doesn't to. want to play Jalen Rager. Um, it's my TCU guy, man. <laughs> Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins is out for the rest of the season. I... I have Kirk, the highest ranked uh, of the Arizona Cardinals right. receivers. Dwayne, is that the yep. following similar? Yeah, I mean, he's just on the one that
1: makes the big plays. I mean, and he's yeah. he's he's their top receiver fantasy wise on the season. Like, I hear a lot of people talking to AJ Green. I'm like, guys, just look at the ranks. Like, overall, Kirk has by far outperformed AJ Green on the season. Um, yeah. And to me, like, he's the guy that can come through. It just takes one flick of the wrist, right? you know and okay boom 60 yards Kirk touchdown you can't get that with AJ Green like it, it has to be multiple targets so to me it's just thin margins on AJ Green more ways to get there with Christian Kirk I've got him at, I've got him at wide receiver 30
0: Yep I um, believe I got him at wide receiver 28 so I think Kirk is a, a solid plug and play guy I mean I'm going to have to probably play him Instead of Tyre Lockett this week, so uh, looking forward to playing some Christian Kirk, Jalen Waddle. So unfortunately, Jalen Waddle doesn't get the same treatment that Lockett does. You know, for some reason, Miami's game doesn't get moved because even though they had a COVID outbreak in their backfield and a bunch of their players tested positive, their game is still on for one o'clock on Sunday against the Jets. So Waddle, I mean, I, I would not bet on Waddle playing. I think Lockett obviously has a better chance because the game got moved. Waddle, I, I would not hold that hope for him. You need to find an alternative. Devontae Parker. Is pretty set up well in this spot um i know you said you had him in your like 30s dwayne 28 28, trying to see what 28 but, a,
1: but a tier that goes from 28 to 38 you know so i've got him as low in you know wide receiver two you know or mid-range uh, sorry wide receiver three um all the way to being potentially just outside your wide receiver three status
0: but it's, yeah, it's a I solid have.
1: matchup against the Jets, you know, seven point four out of ten on our wide receiver strength schedule metric, eighty-two point seven wide receiver cornerback matchup. Yeah, the Jets only give up thirty-one point eight points to opposing receivers, but it's because they suck and in you know they they're losing. They lose they're losing in the second half, so teams just run on them. But the Dolphins, you know, they throw the ball more than the NFL average in games where they lead. So I think they're you know, we're we're dealing with a situation where Parker could still be seeing some targets. More often than what some teams might, like in the third and fourth quarter, um, it also depends on the health, right, of like how many of these backs do the Dolphins actually have back. You know, there's this other stuff going on. So I just like the fact that Miami throws the ball more, and it's a good matchup, um, you know, against the Jets. So I think he's squarely in the wide receiver three conversation with Jalen Waddle out.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit more bullish on Parker. So I actually have him, at, so in half-point PPR, I have him at wide receiver 17. I, I think Parker, Ooh, I mean, he's, he's nice. been... Every time he's played this year, he's gotten at least seven targets to get all but one game. It was a game he came back from first from injury, and he wasn't even playing a full complement of snaps. But he's at least four catches in every single game he's played this year. He is the number one guy. I don't think anyone on the Jets secondary can stop him. If you look at PFF's wide receiver cornerback matchup chart, right at the top is Devontae Parker. You know, against some guy I've literally never heard of because that's (laughs) that's who the Jets are basically putting at cornerback this year. So I think Parker, especially in DraftKings, he's at 4,300. I mean, cash games, I think that he's a lock. I think that he's in a really good spot. You know, he's been productive when he's been healthy this season. So I like Devontae Parker. Next receiver, DJ Moore. Uh, is limited this week with a hamstring injury. So he's questionable for this matchup. It's not a great spot. Again, I mean, anytime you have Cam Newton throw you the ball, it's just not a good... Maybe we see more PJ Walker. It's in Buffalo. It's on the road in Buffalo. So cold weather weather conditions. I really don't like this spot more. more is just more is a talented receiver where I would play him over like a McLaurin and other guys that are in tough spots as well. But DJ Moore, where I mean, wide receiver two this week.
1: Yeah, I've got him as mid range, low end wide receiver two. But all the things you just mentioned are all valid. Like. You got quarterback concerns, uh, you got matchup concerns, not as bad now that they don't have Tredavis wide anymore. Um, You know, I haven't even looked at the weather for Buffalo. Is that also a concern? (laughs) It's it's not windy, but it's just cold and just like anything
0: that like, anything that could potentially inhibit Cam arm from doing anything less or less than it already is doing is just, is concerning for me. Yeah. Just,
1: which as much as, you know, we all want to gripe at cam, like the combination of cam and PJ Walker has at least met like basically 250 yards passing every week. We, we would pray for that <laughs> right from Sam yeah. Donald. So it's actually been an upgrade to DJ Moore having these two quarterbacks playing over the last three weeks, even though like, you know, uh, an upgrade is only relative relative to how bad it was before. Um, but no, yeah, I, it's not a guy that like, you're super excited just to try to figure out like, how do I get him in a lineup? Like, it's just basically, well, I drafted him this high. He ranks as a top 24 receiver. Like, I don't have a better option. I'm playing DJ Moore, but it's not. Would you start like, like in DFS? I'm really not like trying to figure out how to use DJ Moore.
0: No, he doesn't he have it. He hasn't shown that ceiling really. I mean, because first of all, like, I mean, I don't know how the Panthers are going to score points on the bills anyway. just have, they have, of, they have a lot of issues on offense as it is. So would you start in a flex question? Would you start Jeff Wilson or DJ Moore?
1: Um, I still have DJ Moore slightly ahead, but it's really close. Okay. Um, No, I think,
0: I think just to get people kind of thinking about potential pivots, I think I'd probably go with like, I mean, I think I might go with Jeff Wilson, maybe if I needed like a higher ceiling, but I mean, Jeff Wilson's in a good matchup. So maybe he kind of has a similar ceiling to DJ Moore as well. I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just not excited to play DJ Moore where I could see a path where Jeff Wilson does get there um, when a lot of people are down on him.
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you. I feel like I, could, like I feel like I could spend my whole weekend on rankings this weekend, like all of it, <laughs> and never feel like completely and then right. Half of the, I'm, don't just, even I'm play just putting this anyway. out there for people because, like, you know, I mean, we, we spend a lot of time on them, but it, it's a weird weekend. Like, so yes. and with some of these that are close and you're hearing us talk about them, like, my advice to you, like, is if, you've, if you if hear them, if we're close on them and you got one that you like more, just go go with the person you like.
0: That's why we, we try to put them in tiers as well so that yeah. you can get an idea of like how we actually view them. Because like guys in the same tier, like we're all kind of saying we view them pretty similar. Like exactly. it's, it's really not. We have to put them in an order because that's just how rankings work. They have to go in a linear order uh, just by the way that rankings are And built. you just have to have Would the you, word
1: rankings so people click on your stuff. Like yes, let's be honest. The
0: SEO juice Because <laughs> what people <laughs> Yes. <laughs> So another polarizing wide receiver for this week. So Marquise Brown. So he, he's back at practice on Friday. He's missed some practice this week with, an, again, a non-COVID illness. Um, we don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to play. Is he like an auto sit if Lamar Jackson doesn't play? Like, would you rather play DJ Moore than Marquise Brown? I mean, Marquise Brown, I have ranked at wide receiver 26, one spot ahead right of right now of DJ Moore. I mean, Brown has fallen off significantly since his hot start. Kind of coincides with Lamar Jackson's, you know, recent underwhelming performances, again, like Marquise Brown, it's like Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, DJ Moore are just like receivers that I know are good, but I just like don't want to play them this week.
1: Yeah. I'm not as worried about uh, Marquise Brown. Like I feel good about him. The underlying utilization and everything is still there, but you're, you're right. Like the performances have come down, but a big part of it has just been the overall Ravens passing attack. Um, but as far as you know, like his role in the pecking order and the offense, I'm confident in it, and I'm still confident in his skill set. Right? He's a player that can work underneath, intermediate, deep. He could take. He's any any time he touches the ball can be a score. It could also see. Yeah, my like dogs. I think that, Yeah. Play Marquise Brown, I guess. Like all of my dogs are going nuts. Like my wife just got home with my daughter. But anyway, so I've got him at 15 this week. So I'm not as worried about it. Um, you know, the, the Packers are not an easy matchup. Right. And they got Jair, Jair Alexander back. So, I mean, it, it's a it's a situation where, you know, Marquise Brown typically is closer to like my top 12. Um, so I've got him a little bit outside of that because of the matchup. But I don't think I, don't, I think Tyler Huntley can operate this offense. So I'm not that worried about it.
0: All right. I like that. I, I moved Marcus Brown a little bit back up after I, I buried him with Tyler hey, Hurley, I have but a you...
1: couple. I, I've, I've definitely got a couple notes down. Like the players <laughs> I've got to move. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, I'm being too stingy on this player. and Like I got to go relook at Parker. So, but that I love. that's the other reason I love walking through these, like, you know, doing the show together. Even though we're talking about it from an injury perspective, like it always gives you another perspective on your rank.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Allen Robinson um, put it on the COVID list. So they're playing on Monday night. Darnell Mooney's kind of had back-to-back dud games. You know, one of them was played in that weird weather game last week. It was just kind of, you know, Jameer Bird was catching the long touchdown plays. Just another weird game from the Bears passing attack. Mooney, I mean, he's had, you know, north of like a 30% target share in a lot of his games this year. A lot of it has come with Andy Dalton. I mean, I still like Darnold Mooney. I I think the matchup is is really good. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings defense has just been atrocious this year.
1: Yeah, I still like Mooney. Um, It's a 10 out of 10, to your point, on wide receiver strength of schedule. Giving up 43 points a game, uh, Minnesota is, to uh, opposing wide receivers, which is number two or number one on the slate? Number one number one on a full slate so yeah, oh, yeah. that means they're the worst they suck 73.9 <laughs> wide receiver cornerback matchup and to your point you've got Allen Robinson out of the game even though Robinson didn't really take that much away in target share last week it was really more of spreading it around to everybody But yeah, it's one of these players like, you know, he was hot and then he's a little bit cold. You can't just like, I don't want to stay down on a player like that. You know, I think Mooney's shown enough this season. Like his targets per route run have been really good. He's leading the Bears in target share period. Like he's leading the Bears in targets per route run. It's not like Allen Robinson has really been. He's been the best player from a receiving standpoint on the Bears all year. It's just taken time for their passing game to even thaw out just a little bit, which we finally seen. And so with Mooney, I, I like where we're at with Mooney. I mean, I've got him as a wide receiver three. I love him as a wide receiver three this week. You know, I'm going to find a way to use him um, wherever I can. Now, obviously, like this is, a, this is the other Monday night game. So it's more of a showdown. The, the non-COVID
0: Monday night game.
1: The non-COVID <laughs> Monday night game. Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: even though the bill, like the, the Bears have a bunch of coaches um, on the COVID list. But uh, would you start Mooney or, Van, or the Rams wide receivers? Jefferson and OBJ.
1: They're at the same tier. They'll be on the same okay. tier.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you'll just start whoever is playing. Like that's, <laughs> exactly. that's the move. Whoever is actually on the field, that's what you'll play. Um, last notes from receiver. So, Emmanuel Sanders is out. Gabriel Davis, I think, is... Look, if you're looking for a plug-and-play receiver off the waiver wire, I think Gabriel Davis makes a ton of sense. He has... 12 targets inside the 10 yard line this year which ranks top 20 the guy is 90th in routes run this year so gabriel davis whenever he's been on the field he's been productive he sees high value targets and honestly it's been it's been too long like we should have seen gabriel davis play way before emmanuel sanders got hurt like he should have been playing way more snaps anyway sterling Shepherd has a calf injury it's it's a new injury just don't play sterling Shepherd. like we've been down this like yes his target rate per route run is really high this year when he was healthy he's not healthy I and mean, now he's another new injury mike glennon's a quarterback they're playing dallas i mean i mean dallas's defense is on fire right now like dwayne you can attest to it you know Dallas' defense is going to be all over mike glennon and i just don't see anything good happening from this passing attack so i'm not playing any of these giants wide receivers even though kenny galladay could see you know 10 targets for what like four catches yeah, i just don't
1: spot. My- just borderline wide receiver three just because the cowboys run the fifth the fifth most man coverage Forty-one percent targets per route run to Sterling Shepard. but if now we're dealing with a new freaking injury, then I'm just like I'm taking him. I'll just take him out of the damn ranks. I'm sick of yeah, this
0: guy. Yeah, it's 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 just it's, the Giants just can continue to just like just go on the decline. It's not good. Uh, and then last injury here. So MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling is listed as questionable with a back injury. Now it's a good spot for MVS. We can just look at the Ravens secondary, just totally decimated. I guess the only thing I could see with MBS is like, he just got to catch that explosive pass. So I, he's again, he's another upside wide receiver. If you need it from a, a big playmaker, but I got MBS is like, well, like a wide receiver four this week.
1: Yeah, me too. Wide receiver 42.
0: Yeah. So you could see it. You can, you can obviously paint the picture where he goes off against a bank of secondary. You also see where he goes out, but runs a bunch of routes. And then it's not, if the game isn't competitive, then they just like, we don't need MBS. We don't need, need to use him in this game. So, yeah. That's it for MBS
1: receivers. MVS is, is best served if you're going to do like a Rogers stack. Like that's yeah. when you use MVS. Like, you know, I mean, there's guys, there are some people that have won tons of money in in daily fantasy. Like basically like there's, I think there's one guy, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I can't remember his name, but I want to say he's won like three major contests. And I looked at all three of his lineups, all different times. They were all Aaron Rodgers. I think he basically plays Aaron <laughs> Rodgers stacks every week, every week. And hey, well, it's they, gonna hit they hit and when they hit, it's often low owned. And then like, so he just cashes checks like on those weeks. Like I'm like, man, like sometimes things are just simple, I guess. It's
0: not a bad strategy. Hey, you know, he's going to hit, you know, he's going to have a 30 point game some point. So he's just playing yeah. every single week and the one week he hits, it makes up for all the times he didn't hit. And, yeah. You know, that's that's it's like playing that's, the
1: same lottery numbers every week, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
0: That's the move. Uh Tight end. Not as long as the other position, so we'll get out of here as soon as we can. So, David Njoku, really like again, we one, talked man. about him at the beginning. So, Darren Waller is out with his injury. Foster Moreau looks to get the start. I mean, he's playing on Monday night now. I mean, Moreau's been disappointing. I know his routes run per dropback increased substantially in the second start he had without Waller, which was a good sign, but again, just the inefficient play from Moreau. It's all matchup Moreau- stuff
1: in that second game or in that first game. Like, instead of using 12 personnel as their second package, they used 20, which is two backs and three receivers to mm-hmm. keep Renfro on the field. And so that bumped Moreau off. Then last week, they actually used the 12 personnel package, you know, which got Moreau back on the field outside of just 11. So I think it's just it's a matchup-dependent thing. But overall, like, the routes have just been too empty.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'd rather go – I mean, like, if I'm looking at my tight end rankings now – Just kind of because, again, I I have Waller in a couple of leagues, so I've been using Moreau, you know, begrudgingly, just kind of hoping and praying that it would kind of work out. It just hasn't worked out. So, again, as we'll get into. So, I mean, Gerald Everett's kind of like my favorite tight end streamer this week, I guess. Like, he's available on waiver wires. Hunter Henry. um, I still think Tyler Conklin is going to bounce back after a disappointing effort last Thursday. And then Brevin Jordan, who we'll kind of talk about as well here with another injury uh, to a Texans tight end. So... Gerald Everett, I mean, again, you talk about Lockett. I mean, if there's no Lockett, then you feel pretty good about Gerald Everett, especially because Freddie Swain and Dwayne Eskridge are also banged up, both at DMPs on put Thursday. Brevin
1: Jordan and tight end.
0: Brevin Jordan, wait, what? Because we put We're him as
1: wide receiver. Like, in, in the projections, he's at wide receiver.
0: Even better. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's, that, I mean, no, he's tight end eligible.
1: Like, like I, I know. Like, well, that's what he is on every site. But I just know, like, in our ranks every week, Brevin Jordan's a receiver.
0: Interesting. I did not know that. Well, regardless, I I think that he is a, if Gerald Everett is not available, I think that he would be someone I would gravitate towards. Kittle was limited Thursday and Friday. He'll be fine. He's going to be playing um pharaoh brown again he's the tight end on the texans kind of why i like brevin jordan he was absent from texas practice on thursday so again if he misses we could see brevin jordan take a full or a larger role in the tight end pecking i mean the Texans are trying to get some of the young players involved more so brevin jordan has the fourth highest target rate per route run behind some of the studs in the league travis kelsey george kittle and rob gronkowski so i think jordan davis mills likes to throw in the ball i think that he's a solid streamer to plug and play and last but not least tyler higby so this is again this is why no one is ever safe because tyler higby came off the covid list like very very quickly on tuesday or wednesday i believe and then on friday he got put back on the covid list so even when you think like you're safe like obj like tested negative like he's safe he's not necessarily safe because these guys could go right back on there so higby was someone i liked this week it was a good matchup against seahawks now he's probably not going to play. I mean, Higby does it? Is he going to come back off the COVID list in time? Like, ugh.
1: I, I'm not counting on it. Like, I'm, I've taken Higby out of my ranks. Yeah. And and I Agreed. don't like every tight end they have is on the list right now. I think so. I don't even know who's going to play tight end.
0: <laughs> so let me, Dwayne, so before we get off tight end. So outside your top, so who are your outside your top twelve? So like thirteen through twenty or whatever that next tier is. Just so people can get an idea of like streaming. Oh, I had Tyler Higby and like who should I look towards? I know I like Everett. Um, who are some of the tight ends you're looking
1: at? Yeah, I've got Hunter Henry, Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Gerald Everett, Cole Komet, um, Jared Cook already played, Evan Ingram, Foster Moreau. Like it's, you know, but there's more names up top this week, right? I mean, because we've got, you know, technically yeah. we've got a full slate. And, and you know, D- David and Joku could sneak into that conversation. Like you don't want to have to be waiting on that. Um, but like he's a he desperation player, right, he would sneak into that same range. Like, I mean, my overall ranks are Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, Gronkowski, uh, Gusecki, Pitts, Goddard, Ertz. So Ertz is nine this week. Um, Knox mm-hmm. at 10, Friar Muth 11, Conklin, 12. So that's another name that's floating around out there. And I've got Dalton Schultz, 13.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I guess I'll mention this about Ertz. Cause you brought him on. So yeah, Ertz is in a great spot. Again, obviously the Lions have been atrocious against, tight ends this season and you know Ertz was number one in terms of fantasy points per game without Hopkins in the couple games that they had played alongside Green and Christian Kirk so we saw Zach Ertz get a little bit more and he's had good usage all year long basically um, especially when Hopkins has missed but he popped up on the injury report this week with a hamstring injury so he is questionable against the Lions but if he plays I mean you can't uh, you cannot forego playing Zach Ertz other news just from some of the other positions here. So Colt Center, Ryan Kelly is questionable. Uh, AJ Bowie is out with a foot injury. That p- the cornerback for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Bengals cornerback Ouzier is out, uh, but Trey Wayne's going to be activated off IR and officially moved to the 53-man roster. Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, has COVID. Now, Dwayne, obviously coaches don't play, and Sean Payton is involved in the game plan. Does this concern you at all? I mean, Champagne's kind of like the wizard of that offense with Taysom Hill. Does this mean just like it's more likely that we just see the Saints get blown out? <laughs> or, or does that change anything for you with the Saints players? Uh, No,
1: they didn't change anything for me. I I stay right where I'm at on all those guys.
0: All right. Uh, Bruce Arian says that cornerback Jamel Dean is the only player that's ruled out. So he's missed a lot of time this year. Again, the Bucs secondary is really the only place that is – a weakness on their op- on their defense and uh, unfortunately taysom hill just really doesn't have the arm to really take advantage of or the weapons with Tracon smith and Marquez calloway so take the unders on the saints receivers Bengals right tackle riley reef is most likely out for the year with an ankle injury that's from zach taylor and the giants currently have just five defensive backs on their active roster bradbury keon cross and logan ryan julian love and stephen parker who missed practice with a non-covid illness uh mckinley is their starting safety he was a close contact so he could come back but look I really think that if someone asked me about Dak versus Taysom Hill and it starts to question I I I leaned on Dak I was like guys like if if Dak's ever going to get it going through the passing game like it's going to be against the Giants like the Giants are a terrible defense they've been struggling to run the football with Zeke kind of banged up you know Pollard is banged up I don't see why they would try to go in and run the football when I think they want to get hot from a passing perspective I mean, do you kind of see that with Dak having a bounce back game after a couple down weeks over the yeah. last couple of games
1: well, i mean it's up to dak like cuz he's he's the issue like he doesn't look good right now um, you know his his accuracy's off um, he's he's just he's just struggling to get things going now like the positive is they're trying to protect these backs from a heavy workload, um, so we're seeing them. where in games earlier in the season, like when they were leading, you'd see them run the ball fifty percent of the time. They're not doing that now. Now, even in games where we're leading or where the Cowboys are leading, you know, it's 65 percent pass still. So that's the positive. That means they're throwing it enough that if Dak can just like snap out of like w- whatever it is, and it's it's something since the calf injury. Um, you know, he's got his three receivers healthy. And so, yeah, I think the upside is still there. Um, he's just got to play better, but, but everything is like in place where it could just be like, let's just, we'll just throw to win the game. That's how we're going to win. And you could throw for four touchdowns like that. That's in the range of outcomes for Dak. So, yeah, I agree with the advice you gave. I've, I still have Dak ahead of Taysom Hill, you know, okay. um, in the ranks, you know, and I'm, you know, Taysom Hill's at 14. And again, this, uh, it's a week where we don't, nobody's on by like, so Taysom Hill in most weeks, he was in the top 12 because you got somebody out on by, he's just, you know, just outside of that because of that this week.
0: All right. And then. So I have just like a list of the the COVID outbreak teams basically kind of listing off like what these teams are dealing with just so people understand that, you know, unless we get updated news, you know, closer to coming into Monday night, coming into Tuesday night with some of these teams, like the Browns are so depleted at on defense, like Ronnie Harrison, Troy Hill, John Johnson, Greg Newsome, Malik McDowell, Terrace McKinley, Anthony Walker, Kendrick Wills, like there's Mac Wilson. So I just that's why the Browns defense was. I mean, that's why the Browns were vying to get this game moved because they literally had no one left on defense. So, again, you have to adjust expectations for guys like Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs. I mean, Josh Jacobs is still like a top 12 running back for me. And I even liked him a lot more when I was thinking he was going to play just a totally depleted Browns run defense. And, I mean, if they're playing with the lead, I think they're just going to feed Josh Jacobs. So I think it's just good for Josh Jacobs overall. Derek Carr He's just been too inconsistent this year. I mean, it's really Renfro, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he doesn't have enough
1: weapons either. Without Waller, yeah. He needs at least Waller and Renfro. Like, you know, and he, it, whenever he's down to just one of those, like it's just the, you can't really use Derek Carr, you know. Yeah, I, so. Even with all the guys, all the of Cleveland banged up. And we could have weather issues too. You know, I don't know yeah, how it, this is going to change with the game being moved, but I know originally on Sunday, you know, there were some potential weather concerns.
0: Yep, and then the kind of the same spiel with the football team, you know, Jonathan Allen, Cameron Curl, Kendall Fuller, Matthew Ionidas, just a bunch of defensive players, James Smith-Williams, David Mayo, Tim Settle. Like, that's why we were going to see the Eagles, like, run wild over the football team because they had no one left. So the football team ranks second in the league in terms of rushing yards allowed per game, fewest, but that's when they have all their guys. <laughs> so, like, if the defense doesn't look exactly like it's been all year, then you have to kind of adjust expectations. So unless we see... Some of these guys come back, you're going to expect the Eagles to be able to run the ball pretty effectively, whether it's Sanders, Howard, Boston Scott, whoever is out there is going to have a productive outing on the ground.
1: Why can't we just have one back in Philly? (laughs) Just two. I would take just two. If I knew there were just two, I would be good. And
0: then the same thing with the Rams. Uh, Again, just more defensive guys. So Sebastian Joseph Day, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, still haven't heard anything about him being reactivated off the COVID list. So. That changes a lot with like DK Metcalf. So DK Metcalf, I liked a lot. You know, he's been just he's been still seeing a high target share. He's still seeing air yards. I mean, the guy had so many ends on targets like over the last two weeks. He's zero for eight basically since Russell Wilson came back. So I think that he's due, and even if Ramsey comes back, he's yeah, he's so yeah. overdue for a big game. Unfortunately, we're not going to get it on the main slate, which sucks. It's going to be on Tuesday night, but I'm going to be playing a lot of DK Metcalf in showdown, and I think that if you're waiting on an upside play, like there's a scenario where Metcalf plays. Lockett doesn't play, Ramsey doesn't play, and Metcalf has like that thirty-point game that could save you and get you to the next round of the playoffs. So Metcalf, I think you want to try and wait for um, if you can.
1: Yeah, he's the kind of guy that like you know if you can if you can make it work, you want to plan on leaving yourself room to get to that game and be able to have him in your lineup. But like, be smart. Try to have a try to have a pivot play, even if it's you know even if it's something that may just get you six or seven points, like. And if you have a league where you can make that pick up later and you don't have to worry about it right now, then fine, don't do it. You can make it closer to game time, but just leave yourself an out.
0: Cool. And all right, before we go, guys, we got to pay some bills. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Picks isn't available in your state yet, you can get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cast prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving away all new customers a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PFF, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indianapolis, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer restricts the supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want a chance to win the ultimate game day feast? Whether it's football success or financial savvy, winning starts with us asking questions. Would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with Al Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask either or both. Every football or financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a cater party for February's big game. PFF will throw a party worth up to $2,500 for the big game in February for up to 25 guests and the winner can choose whatever food they want. This week's question comes from James in Chicago. What is the greatest game you've ever been on call for? Submit your questions at westernsoutherncom slash Chris. One more time, that is WesternSouthern.com slash Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western and Southern, you are rest assured on game day. Right now, you get 25% off any PFF sub with the code Collinsworth. Grade and data are alive for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, embedding values, 1 to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team, player prop tool, which shows plus EV value for every NFL prop and more. Support the pod and use promo code Collinsworth for 25% off any sub. That's going to do it for us folks here, Dwayne. <laughs> any final thoughts for the people?
1: No, um, yeah, I would just say, Keep an eye on the ranks like there's going to be a lot of movement <laughs> between now and uh, the time that we get the kickoffs, especially once we get to the Sunday slate. So we'll, we'll be keeping everything up to date um, there. I'll put out my new ranking interiors article tomorrow morning, which I update every Saturday morning. Usually comes out Saturday sometime after lunch, like I updated that morning. Tomorrow I think I'm gonna have to wake up at like four AM write. <laughs> <to be laughs> and Andrew, like I'm actually kinda like uh, I'm like bumming myself out right now. I'm like, what time do I need to wake up to write this damn thing this week? So but the bottom line is like we'll we'll stay on top of it as far as all of these updates. I know like it's kinda tough doing the show today because Friday we still don't quite have enough information on a lot of these games, but a lot more clarity will come tomorrow. Like about thirty to forty percent of these situations will clear up tomorrow. Like, we'll know, um, you know, and it may not be in the morning. Some of that may come, you know, tomorrow evening, like you mentioned, whenever we get like the Schefter bombs and stuff like that. But we'll constantly be, we'll constantly be tweaking and updating the ranks. So folks just have to pay attention to that.
0: Yep. And we just saw something else trickling about Mitchell. So he's not going to be playing in this upcoming game. And it's, it's tricky with Thursday night because the 49ers have a quick turnaround on Thursday. So again, I know that people don't like jeff wilson but he's gonna be a guy that we're gonna be playing in the fantasy playoffs so continue to trust the process look at the usage read Dwayne's utilization report and be like hey man jeff wilson's not that bad of a play so again thank you all for tuning in we appreciate this long podcast we appreciate you sticking around i hope you had some fun hope you had some laughs Dwayne, because really (laughs) we gotta laugh at some of this stuff man i think we're probably gonna
1: laugh at some of our ranks like when we look back (laughs) at the you know after the week's over
0: yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting weekend for sure but again guys have fun have a good time and again we will be back next time so again thank you all for checking out the pff fantasy football podcast i'm andrew he's dwayne we'll be back next time